Thank you for joining us for this week's message from the First Christian Church in Great Bend, Kansas. Each week we share thought-provoking and life-changing teachings on topics that are important and relevant to you in your life. We hope that you will be encouraged by our weekly podcast and will tune in regularly. Now let's join the First Christian Church of Great Bend for this week's message. Today we are in the seventh and final week of our sermon series called Finding Joy. And as you all know, what we've been doing in this series is delving into and wrestling with how it is that you and I can find and live into lives that are filled to overflowing with joy by working through the eight pillars of joy. In pillar one perspective, we discover that no matter what happens to us, we are the ones who have the ability to interpret how we see the world. In pillar two, humility, we learned that this is not about us, but it's something bigger. It's about God and what he wants. In pillar three, acceptance, we discovered how to make peace with all those things that we can't change so we can focus in on what we can do something about. In pillar four, we learned that forgiveness is not just about what it does for others, but it's an act that sets us free. Pillar five, compassion, we learned about how their joy is our joy or how our joy is connected to others. And then last week in pillar number six, generosity, we found that giving really is better than receiving. It's better if you will give than receive. So today, and to bring this series to uh, an end, we're going to be talking a whole lot about pillar number seven, which is gratitude and then touch on pillar number eight, which is humor, to, to kind of finish up this quest that we all have to find a bit more joy for our lives. So to understand gratitude, we first need to face just how negative we are when it comes to the way we see and make sense of the world. And to help you see this, let me give you a modern-day parable that puts all of this into perspective. And this is where you, that little handout you got, the little dot on the piece of paper, this is where you get that out. I want you to kind of think about that as we go through this. So one day a professor entered this classroom. He told his students, hey, you, you need to get ready for a surprise test. And, and of course, sent a panic throughout the room. I haven't studied, haven't done this, haven't done that. So they're panicking. The professor then started handing out the exams. And everyone's surprised. There were no questions. Just a black dot at the center of the paper. The professor then went on to give them the following instructions. I want you to write about what you see there. And so, of course, the kids are a bit confused, but the teacher told them to do it. It's a test, so they did it, right? So they do this for about 45 minutes. And then at the end of the class, the professor took all the exams and started reading each one of them out loud in front of all the students. And what they discovered, with almost no exception, is that every student to the best of their ability, tried to explain the little black dot at the center of the page. And after reading all, the, all of these out loud, the professor then went on to say, hey, you guys can relax. I'm not going to grade you on all of this. And of course, there's a sigh of relief. Like, am I going to flunk a class because of a little black dot? But there's something I want you to think about, he said. I want you to notice how no one wrote about the white that surrounds the little black dot. Everybody wrote about this little black dot. And what I want you to get from all of that is that this is the same way we think about our lives. Or for some reason, we are really, really good at focusing in on the black dots, the health issues, 
bother us. The lack of money, the complicated relationships we have with family members, disappointment with a friend, and even though the dark spots are very, very small, they're the things that seem to take control of our lives. So he went on to say, I would encourage you to start taking your eyes away from those little black dots so you can begin to see all that white that surrounds you at all times. Now, what I love about this parable is it really brings to light that even though most of us live lives that are filled to overflowing with blessing and goodness, I mean, we really are some of the most blessed people who have ever lived on this planet, that because we spend so much time focusing in on those little black dots, that we're missing out on just how amazing our lives really are. There's a whole lot of joy that we're leaving on the table, people. Or just to give you an example from my own um, personal experience. So as the minister of this church for the last eight and a half years, and thank you guys very much for putting up with me. Uh, I know it hasn't been easy at times. (laughs) So what God has done through this church in the last eight years has been absolutely amazing. We have been a part of transforming and inspiring a whole lot of people, which blows me away. The result being that we have gone from a church of around 170 people on Sunday morning to now seeing almost 300 on Sunday morning in all four services that we have. Or contrary to what's happening in most churches that are declining around the country, having these issues, I would argue that in almost every area of this church, things just keep getting better and better and better. And it's even the case that churches from around the country have started to notice the amazing things that are going on here at this church, especially given that we live in the middle of nowhere, Kansas, where things like this aren't supposed to happen. Now, you would think with all of that, all that success, all that growth that God has done in and through this church, that as the senior minister of this congregation, the last eight years of my life would have been filled to overflowing with joy because of just how good things are going around here, right? That's the way I should feel. Well, sadly, it's not been the case, right? Because like most of you, even though I am living my dream of serving a thriving congregation, What I find myself doing most days is not focusing in on all that's going right, but instead focusing in on what's wrong. You know, looking at the negatives, that little black dot. Or there can be a hundred people in this church telling me that we are doing a good job and they're happy about what's going on at FCC. And just one person, one person has a complaint and is unhappy. And guess what I spend my weekends and evenings thinking about? It's not all the people that are happy. It's this one person who is unhappy and unsatisfied. The result being that my life is not nearly as joyful as it should be. And I'm pretty sure I'm not the only one who has this problem. How many of you, if you're really honest with yourselves, this is the way you see the world most of the time? The rest of you who don't have your hands up are lying. (laughs) I have scientific evidence to back me up on that. (laughs) Truth is, I think we all think this way, whether we like it or not. So so now that we have admitted and can kind of see that we all have a serious little black dot problem, let's now jump into what it takes for us to become a people of gratitude. So the first thing you need to know about gratitude is that gratitude is not a denial of the bad or the negative. 
Like you just ignore the little black dot, it's going to go away. If you just think positively all the time, then you're going to find nothing but joy. No, true gratitude is a way of seeing and making sense of the world that acknowledges and deals with the bad without letting it take over our lives. And the way that happens is by stepping back and looking at that small black dot in relation to the sea of white that surrounds us or keeping things in right perspective. For instance, in my example of the one complaint out of 100, gratitude is definitely about dealing with that complaint. There might be something I need to learn there. While at the same time, keeping in mind that for most people, things are good or that there's way more white than there is black and living my life in response to that, not letting that one black dot define me. Next, gratitude is about looking at that little black dot, not in fear or helplessness or as something that, that has the ability to ruin our lives, but instead learning to see it as an opportunity. Or while acknowledging and accepting the bad that has happened, the other thing we need to do is to look for the possibility that comes from those little black dots. And the reason we do that is because, as all of you know from personal experience, the best parts of who we are, our strength, our wisdom, our passion, our purpose, oftentimes come out of our run-ins with those little black dots. So that means instead of letting that darkness begin to take control of our lives, we need to learn what there is to learn in those places. We need to grow in the ways we need to grow in those places and then use that to not only go out and do great things with our lives, but then to help others deal with their little black dots. And the best example that I know of that brings this to light is the cross, right? If God can take that instrument of death and destruction designed to kill and hurt people in the most horrible and humiliating ways, and he can use that to bring hope and light and freedom and salvation and resurrection, I know God can take whatever little black dot that you have and use that to bring about good. And then the last thing you need to know about gratitude is that gratitude is actually a choice. It's actually a choice. It's a choice we make in the face of living in a world where bad and negative things happen all the time that we, instead of choosing to let the negative control and consume us, we choose in any and all situations to look for and spend most of our time thinking about what is good and beautiful. Which, by the way, is exactly what Paul teaches us to do in Philippians 4, 8 through 9. And what you need to know about this teaching is Paul's not writing this on vacation with a martini in his hand. He is in chains writing this letter. This is what he says. Finally, beloved, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is pleasing, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence and if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things and the God of peace will be with you. Or notice, Paul's not telling us to sit around thinking and worrying about all those things we normally worry about. What? The false, the dishonorable, the unjust, the unclean, the unpleasant, the mediocre. No, Paul's telling us that we need to choose to spend our time thinking about and focusing in on the abundance of white that God has surrounded us with. Or to see just how powerful this teaching lived out really is. I share with you another quote from Anthony Ray Hinton. And remember, Anthony Ray Hinton is the man who spent 30 years in prison in solitary confinement for a crime he didn't commit. And he says this about joy, which he lived in his prison cell. 
The world didn't give you your joy and the world can't take it away. You can let people come into your life and destroy it, but I refuse to let anyone take my joy. I wake up in the morning and I don't need anyone to make me laugh. I'm going to laugh on my own because I've been blessed to see another day. And when you're blessed to see another day, that should automatically give you joy. Or note how even though Mr. Hinton has this big black dot on his piece of paper, I think we can say, he refuses to allow that to control or define him by choosing to focus in on what's good. And for him, what's good, what brings him joy is just seeing another day in the confines of a prison cell. Or uh, imagine how much better your life would be if you chose to see the world in this way. What if you got up in the morning and started thinking in this way? How much better would your life be? Or I also think it begs the question, if a man can find this much joy sitting in a prison cell, why are you so stinking miserable all the time? Come on now. I don't know about you guys, but I find myself being miserable on occasion and it makes no sense. It's because we choose it. We choose to focus in on those little black dots and they control our lives. Okay, so, so now that you have a pretty good sense of what gratitude is and how it seems to work, at least in a, in a general way, now let me close by sharing with you a couple of habits to help you live this kind of gratitude daily. And they're very simple. And if you'll use them, they will transform you forever. Just little things, right? Habit number one, begin your day not focused in on all the little black dots that you're going to have to deal with like you normally do. Anybody else guilty of right when you get up in the morning, all you're thinking about are all the little black dots you got to deal with? Is that just me? Everybody else? Hey, what if, what if instead of doing that, the first thing you did was you thank God for how good your life really is? And it can be as simple as this. Hey, God. Thank you for the ability to breathe. It's kind of a big deal. Thank you for this heart that beats in my chest. I don't even have to think about it. Thank you for the ability to walk from point A to point B. Thank you for this house that I live in. Food to eat. My children are healthy. And maybe instead of getting up in the morning and dreading this job that you have to go to, what if you said, thank you, God, for this job that I get to go to that helps me provide for my children and makes for an incredible life? Now, to remind you to do this daily and how powerful this can be, I would encourage you to take that little piece of paper that you have, right? And put that somewhere where you will see it every day to be reminded of all of the white that is around you all the time. This is where I put mine. So as you guys can see, this is my sweet ride, my sweet van you guys see me driving around in. And I put it right there in the middle. And you know what God does when you... So I'm thinking about this stuff all week, right? Uh, and I'm supposed to be looking at gratitude and all that. I find myself in a horrible mood. I get in the car and that thing, that stupid thing is staring at me. Saying, no, no, you got, you got it wrong. I took a breath and I'm like, wait a minute, this is perspective. Yeah, there's a little black dot that I need to deal with, but my life is still so, so good. Another way to do this same thing is to create a gratitude journal where you take 
one minute a day to write down three to, to five things that you're grateful for. Another thing that I'm grateful for, do you guys hear that sound right there? You're okay. Remember, we love that sound. Now, I have been in churches where that doesn't exist. In fact, I've been in a bunch of churches where that doesn't exist. And that drives people crazy. But if you don't have that sound in your church, then you don't have a future. So when we hear that, we celebrate. That is looking past that little black dot and seeing the sea of white. And by the way, I'll just point out to you, if you'll do something as simple as writing down what you're joyful for three times a week, it's scientifically proven over and over again to make your life better. It will refocus, retrain your brain to begin to see the world in a different way. Habit number two is limit the amount of negativity you surround yourself with. And for some of you, that means spending less time with some of those people who do nothing but gripe and complain and worry. For some of you, you need to stop being that person who gripes and complains and worries all the time. And then I would also encourage some of you to stop watching five hours of news a day Watch 30 minutes, get what you want, and move on. Or I would encourage you, wherever you feel, wherever you see negativity being spilled out in the world, just walk away. It will make your life better. And then last but not least, habit number three, which is actually the eighth pillar of finding joy. And I'm not going to delve into this too much because I think it's self-evident. You have got to learn how to lighten up and laugh more. You have got to stop taking yourself and everything else so seriously and learn to find the humor in everything. How, I mean, you guys know what I'm talking about. How many of you, even in the hardest parts of your life, if you will take a moment and begin to laugh and celebrate, it gets better, right? Learn to laugh, relax. You're not that important. <laughs> I'm not that important. We've got to learn to let all that stuff go and just enjoy the gift of life that God has given to us. Okay, so now that we've worked through the eight pillars of joy, perspective, humility, acceptance, forgiveness, compassion, generosity, gratitude, and humor, it is my hope that instead of allowing yourself to get caught up in that place of misery and sadness, which is so easy for us to do, we, there's many of us that live there, that you will devote yourself to chasing after and living these eight pillars so that you really can live a life that is filled to overflowing with joy. Or the, the one thing that I'll leave you with, and this just kind of hit me this morning, you know, all that we have in this world, all the good and the blessing that we have, and we, again, we are some of the most... Um, we live in the most peaceful, prosperous time in the history of the world. You, you can look at it. We, we are blessed beyond measure. Kings didn't live like we live today, even if you live on, on the, the, the lower end of the spectrum, right? So I don't know about you guys, but I think God gets a bit offended when all we do is see the couple of things that are wrong and miss out on all the blessings that he's given us. It, it reminds me of my kids, right? Um, and Karis is right over here, and so I'll throw her under the bus. You can duck if you want to, Karis. So, right, this girl has everything in life, which you do as a teenager. We give her everything and even more. 
But what do you think she picks out? There's that one little negative thing, right? That's how I, I think God feels about us when we don't celebrate. Now, we don't ignore the bad. We don't, we don't, we don't not fight against what's good and, or what's evil and all that kind of I'm not saying any of that stuff. But I think you can also find joy even in the midst of doing that, doing what's right. Let us pray. Fathers, we bring this sermon series to a close. It is my hope that this is not something that this congregation now just knows or it's something that, you know, it's helped for a couple of weeks and they're going to forget it and move on. No, Lord, I hope this is a practice, a way of seeing the world that you will help all of us to live, that you'll help all of us to practice every single day. Or, Lord, may we stop being like spoiled children. May we stop being so caught up in those little things that in the big picture really don't matter. May we stop even when life is hard and we're fighting against things that need to be fought against. Begin to see just how blessed we truly are in so many ways. Or Lord, may we not just know what gratitude is. May we be a people who live gratitude every single day. And may that gratitude begin to spill out into the world not only transforming this community, but helping to transform this world by causing your kingdom to come and your will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. We ask this all in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. You are invited back next week for another life-changing message from the First Christian Church of Great Bend, Kansas. Please check out our website at www.fccgbk.com. That's fccgbk.com. May you have a blessed week.